Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So we've been talking about uh, hearts, having hearts for his house over the weeks, and we've been talking about stewardship and things like that. We've been talking about the power of sacrifice. And um, this morning, I want to speak about expending yourself for the cause of Christ, or spending yourself for the cause of Christ. And um, if, if there are any athletes in the building today, any athletes here, see loads of hands going up. <laughs> Um, you'll, know, you'll, know, you'll know what it's like sometimes when your tank is empty. You know, it's like I've drained myself of everything. I've spent myself. I've got nothing left in the tank. I've done my best. And that's all that I can do. What a great feeling it is to have that feeling at the end of your race or the end of your event. But should we as Christians be having that feeling now, before, long before we're going to go back to be with Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, is, is, is spending ourselves, expending ourselves, and knowing that the more we expend ourselves, the more God puts into us for the remainder of our life journey. So there's still plenty to go into you. God has still got much to pour into your life that you can give to other people. Amen? And you know, does anyone here ever have get buyer's remorse? That's when you've spent some money and you regret doing it. <laughs> uh, we, we experience that in my household from time to time. Um, but you know, sometimes we don't think about what something's worth until after we've spent money on it. And we get this buyer's remorse or regret and we sometimes get really guilty over spending money on something uh, that didn't live up to expectations, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyone familiar with that scenario? And so there's quite a lot of things in life that we expend our energy and our time on, and then we later end up discovering that we get regret because we've, we've, we've worked it out. I spent all that time and all that effort on the wrong thing. And if we would just trust God, he will, he will show us the areas in which to expend our life. Amen. And sometimes we form, you know, that, that suggests that sometimes we form our expectations based on the wrong information. So we get information that something's going to be good. This will be worthwhile. Why don't you go for it? but the information we got was wrong. And we've got plenty of great friends, you know, it's like Job's friends sitting around him. I can just imagine them all sitting around Job, supposedly giving him advice. And it's like, man, you, why don't you guys just shut up? Because you're, you're, going to, you're going to end, I'm going to end up in a bad place if I listen to you. And sometimes we have to be careful about the voices that come into our head from around us throughout the week. And I think that that's the, sometimes the church's challenge as well. Sometimes we have poor expectations based on what everyone around us is saying. And I want you to know that when, in this church, we've been here for 35 years and we've never expected anything less than a church that is going to be here for the next 35 years. 
That's all we, that's all we, ever, that's all we ever expected. And in one, sh- one form or, or another, we believe that what God started, he'll finish. So if you're sitting in this place this morning and you felt like, do you know what, I, I got, there was, you know, I kind of made a good start here, a good start there, but then I felt, you felt abandoned or unsupported or unhelped and it just fell away into nothing. I want to say that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and he won't give you bad advice and his name is Jesus. And if you just, every day, if you just pray to, pray to the Lord God and you listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit, you won't, you won't make, I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes or we take wrong turns, but you will certainly cut down on it a lot. Amen. Amen. You know, because as Christians, you know, when, when you receive Jesus Christ and Jesus comes into your life, you've got the life of Christ in you. Now, what is a life? A life either lives by nourishment and thrives or it starves and it dies. So if you, if you starve the life that is in you, if you received Jesus recently or 50 years ago, if you starve the life of Christ in you, it'll die. But if you nourish the life of Christ in you, you will flourish. And how do we do that? We pray. That is how we stay intimate with God and we stay in fellowship with God. It means talking to him. Sometimes it means making the choice of turning your phone off and rather spending time with God or putting the TV off and spending time with God. I actually had some books to give away this morning. Um, uh, one, of, one of them is, because we're talking about Hearts for His House, one of them is 12 Ways to Be a Blessing to Your Church. And um, yeah, you know, and, and you know, I don't, I, I'm certainly not in the business of any sort of um, self-promotion or anything, but you know, I know my role here and you guys are all here and, um, but this, this tells you how to treat one another, the church, people in the church, the leaders of the church, all that kind of stuff. And um, um, one of the things it says, which is quite cool, um, if you're having problems, it says, don't, don't go to your phone, go to the throne, which is, I thought was quite good. So sometimes we just got to put our phone down and uh, go to the throne instead. So these, these are free giveaways this morning. And there's one, a great book there called Living Life in the Optimum Zone by our friend, uh, Pastor Didier Tison from um, South Africa, who is an awesome minister. So um, I'm not going to say hands up and then throw books out. But if, 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 if these books sound like they might be interesting to you, come and see me after the service. I'd like to bless you with them. But anyway, so I want to say that we are all capable of much more than we think we're capable of. So we think, do you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to run out of fuel here. I'm not going to finish the race. I want to say this morning, you're capable of much more than you think you're capable of. You can go much further. You can do greater things. You can fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. You can. There'll be challenges along the way, but you can. And all it takes sometimes is one aspect of character, perseverance. It's easy to give up. It's easy to walk out on something. It's easy to leave the room. It's easy to blame it on someone else. It's easy to, you know what, duck out of it. But perseverance is an awesome um, character. Having perseverance is good. It's great character to have perseverance. And God wants us to persevere. Amen. 
And so we want to get the timing right. We want to expend ourselves at the end of our life when God says, it's time to come home. That's when the tank runs dry. So up until that time, we've got actually limitless potential. Uh, limitless potential. And um, I actually, I, I don't know where I came across it, but a few days ago, do you know who Sir Anthony Hopkins is? The actor. And I've always found him a kind of a really quirky kind of guy. But he was addressing some, something somewhere and he almost, he was so, um, he had his, his teeth clenched and his fist clenched. And he was, saying, he was saying to these people that he was speaking to, just believe. Keep believing. Never stop believing. If you believe, you will achieve what you believe. He says, and he says, I'm, my life is an example of that. I never stopped believing that I could do what I wanted to do and I achieved it. Amen. Yes, you've got to keep believing. And the attack on our lives will come in the form of disbelief, doubt. I don't really, oh, do, you, do you really, don't listen to your mates. Because they might say, listen, listen, pal, I don't think you're going to get there. Because that's the, that's the crab in the barrel mentality that many people have. As soon as you begin to, as soon as you begin to flourish, that's the Bible says the weeds grow up with the flowers. As soon as you begin to flourish, they will try and strangle what you have. Don't, don't let it be you. Amen? And so it's as simple as that, getting to the end of our life, and then that's when the tank has run dry. You might say, what if I expend myself too soon? What if I don't get the timing right? Stay in prayer. You'll always have the resource. You'll always be full. Amen? So um, we, we are at the moment... Um, looking to see if we can be part of an initiative in our town to give people the opportunity to come to warm places this winter and, and get some food and stuff. So we're kind of, kind of working on that just now, and we're going to open the doors to all sorts of people. And um, I wanted to, to say that, you know, when we spend ourselves, expend ourselves, it doesn't matter who is coming through the door. You don't get the choice to, to say you, you come and you don't come. Everyone comes. Everyone is welcome. And, you know, the, quite often I heard this growing up in the church. If we could just get it right in the church, it would be much easier to do it out there in the world. Because people, there's eyes, there, there are eyes on you all the time, eyes on us. And so we really need the love of God for the people that we're going to expend our lives on. And we can't love people on our own strength. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And he calls us to live with other people, alongside people, and to love them. And that is the only call that matters. Do you know that? The main, the main thrust of the Bible is love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind. Yeah? And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the only call that really matters is the call that gets, that connects with other people. Yes. Amen? And so, when we get ready to go into initiatives, projects, things that we do, we've got to understand this. We are not going to fix everyone's problems. We're, we can't fix the problems of the world. We can pray. God can do that. 
but we can't. We can't solve every single person's problem. And I get really down about that because I'm like, why, why, this is swallowing me up. Why, I just would like to see this person get out of that clay, the mud, and get going. But what we can do is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and respond to people according to God's will. And our response will always be the right response. Because very often we want to fix everyone's problems in an instant of time. But God says, just keep showing up. Keep coming back. Don't give up. You see, consistency, perseverance is the thing. Because people are looking to see, are you going to, you were there for me once, but are you going to come back again? See, it's easy to be there for somebody one time or two times or three times. But can we be there week after week after week after week? That's, that's the thing. Amen. So, I wanted to talk a little bit this morning about this spending ourselves. And um, I still have a lot to learn about that. I'm sure if I asked for a show of hands, people here would say the same thing. Because we all tend to try and live within our comfort zone. We all try to live within this bubble of everything in life at the moment suits me fine. Everything is going the way I want it to. I have a reasonable amount of control over my circumstances. Everything is fine. And when God calls you, usually that all goes out the window. <laughs> all of that, for a time, has to be given up or sacrificed. And um, I've learned this myself, you know, as God's been trying to teach me and I've tried to push the discipline away. He says, no, I need you to spend yourself. So I need you to do, follow Christ's example. What do you mean? Well, he got up and prayed every morning. He went away to a solitary place and prayed. So would you, will you do that? Will you expend yourself in prayer? And a lot of times I'm like, you know, I push discipline away. And God says, okay, so you want it the hard way. So your learning format is not going to be this way. You want the hard way, and I get the hard way. And how much, you know, how, how many times do we, or we end up in a position where God says, what way do you learn best? Well, if that's the way you learn best, I have no, I have a limitless supply of giving, of teaching you in that fashion, but there's a better way. Why don't you take the better way? And I think that we could do with taking the better way. Amen? And so um, there's going to be some stretching involved in what we do over the coming years. There definitely will be. Everyone will be stretched. And um, we, we, we're going to have to, to think about what it means to go beyond what's normal, to reach the poor, all the poor and powerless, great song, to reach the poor, to reach the marginalized, but also to reach the wealthy. They've got, they've got problems too. And to reach the self-made and the I can do all things myself, the self-sufficient, self-secure, and to reach them with our time, with our love, and with our lives, to spend that on them. And you know what? Um, Linda and I were walking around our village yesterday talking about things like the, the price caps and all of that. And... Um, 
you know, I, I don't know, I said something a bit stupid, I think. Because we, we walk up a lovely street and there's beautiful houses on it. And, I, and uh, she says, I wonder, Linda says, I wonder what it costs to heat a house like that. And it was like this mansion. And I, and I foolishly said something like, do you know what, the people that live there are probably not concerned how much it's going to cost to heat a house like that. But actually, you don't know that. You don't know what goes on behind the facade of someone else's life. Do you know what I mean? And so that's the thing. And so there's a lot of people that think they might be beyond the reach of what is coming in the world. But the Bible says that there will be a time of shaking. Everything is going to be shaken. Everything's going to be shaken. And if, you, if we think we're just going to get ahead of the curve, the Bible says that shaking times are coming. And many people, the freedom they've known, it's like, and some people, you know, I have my own form of salvation. Who needs, who needs God? Who needs Jesus? I'm doing, I'm doing great. You know, they're going to find out that there's a shaken coming and everything that they've, everything that they've enjoyed, everything that they've enjoyed is of little worth to them. Amen. A few years ago, my bank sent me a message saying um, that they could offer me certainty in uncertain times. And I thought, wow, that's some claim. My bank, we can offer you certainty in uncertain times. There's only one person that can make that claim and back it up. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only person that can say, I can offer you certainty. Your life might be uncertain. You might not know what's coming tomorrow, but I can offer you some certainty. I can offer you peace and security and stability. Amen? And so, praise God for that. And then he gives us his call to pursue other hearts, people's hearts, and to win them into his kingdom, to spend ourselves there so that we can enjoy his presence and they can enjoy his presence and have the Holy Ghost lead them and guide them into their future. Amen? So Jesus wants us to be in pursuit of people's hearts the way he was. People are more vulnerable now than they've been in a long time. Jesus came to reach vulnerable people. He came to liberate vulnerable people. A long time now, we've all been building up our own worlds. We create our own sets of circumstances. We create our own environment. And things are going to change rapidly in the days ahead. Money cannot fix vulnerability. Money can do many things, and we need money. But it can't bring you peace it can't bring you the absolute reassurance that everything is going to be okay because you've got enough in the bank. Love and support fixes vulnerability. Love especially fixes vulnerability. And I want to read this as our, our, our scripture for this week. Isaiah 58 verse 10. From the NIV, it says, If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry... Or if you give of yourselves, that really means, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs 
in a sun-scorched land. We've just, England had water cut off. The sun scorched that land so badly that the rains that came afterwards couldn't sink, it couldn't permeate into the soil because the soil was so dry. But the Lord will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he'll strengthen your frame and you will be like a well-watered garden. Like a spring whose waters never fail. And your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and they'll raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. You're all familiar with Isaiah 58. tells us about the power of a fast doesn't it? That's, that's the whole, what it is. But it says, if you spend yourselves. Now, we might not always have the desire to spend ourselves. But when the Holy Spirit stirs you up to have the desire, he wants to draw something out of you to give. And here's the thing. It's not just the giving. Let's say I had someone in here needed a drink of water. And I can tell you now, we would let, don't ever take water for granted. It's not just when the Holy Spirit wants to draw something out of you. It's not just the act of giving them a drink of water. It's what is the heart that goes with that? Is it done with love and compassion? What else goes with the, the loaf of bread? What else goes with a bowl of soup? What else goes with the gift that you're giving somebody? Amen? There's a bit of Jesus that goes with that bread or with that water. That's it. Whenever we, give some, whenever we spend ourselves, whenever we give something to somebody, a little bit of Jesus goes with that. Amen. And how do people know that there's a bit of Jesus behind it? They see it in your eyes. They hear it in your voice. They see it by your body language. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. They, they see it. Is there empathy that goes with it? Affection, encouragement. Is it done consistently? When Mary took that very expensive anointing oil to Jesus' feet in John chapter 12, and of course, she got told off, eh? All of that expensive oil, that, you know how much money, you know, do you know what we could have spent that on instead? Oh, that's just dropped right into this message. Do you know what we could have spent that on instead? Misspending of ourselves. He's, and he says, no, permit it to be so. Because not only was Mary pouring the, the spikenard on Jesus' feet, but she was giving, she was giving her heart to Jesus in the same move. She was showing him that he was the object of her love. And when you give a bit of bread to somebody, you're saying you're the object of my affection. You're, you're I love you, and I'm giving you this. You see, there's duty, and duty is fine. I do this out of duty. But do you know what? There's something that is more powerful than duty. There's something more powerful. It's something that when you do it out of the depths of your heart, it eclipses duty, and it opens up the kingdom of God. 
Jesus went, Jesus went, he only wanted to do God's will. He was, he, he, you know, and some people might say he was dutiful. I think he went beyond duty. Jesus, yeah? So there's an emotional response. Whenever we, whenever, whenever God's presence is here, we need to respond to him. It's not just this, it, I give you more than a song. I give you more. It's not just a word. It's not just a song. It's an emotional response to who you are. And that's why when we worship here on a Sunday morning, it's not just a song that you're singing. It's more than a song. And whenever you give something with that heart, the value of it is multiplied. So that person just didn't get a bowl of soup. That was multiplied many times over because something came with the bowl of soup. Amen? Here's the thing. I don't think I'm going to finish this message this morning. But here's the thing. The enemy, Satan, would try and corrupt your heart. And a corrupt heart becomes indifferent to everything around it. He wants to try and turn your heart. He wants you to harden your heart, not have a soft heart. He wants you to harden your heart. And when your heart is hard, you'll be indifferent to the people around you. So it's okay if if we come to the altar or you drop on the floor wherever you're sitting and you cry on a Sunday or you cry anytime in your house. It's because let it happen because it prevents the hardness of your heart. Amen. It prevents the hardness of your heart. The word says that, let's just use the the word sin. It dries out your bones. Doing your own will dries out your bones and it makes you weak. But when you're kind and you give people charity the way that Christ gave, it refreshes your body and your mind, brings healing into your life. I've been, reading, I've been reading Hebrews 11. Yesterday I was reading the roll call of faith. Go, that's your homework, Hebrews 11. I was reading about faith. You know, when we do, when we do these things, God says, I'm going to reward you. There'll be, a, there'll be a blessing in it for you. Not that we seek the blessing, but I just want to highlight to you, church, that when we spend ourselves God will keep on filling you up until the end. But there's also the opportunity to dry out. Linda likes this term, a dry stick. That's like it. That's, that bit of meat was like a dry stick. She, I don't know if it's a farming phrase. It's a dry stick. When you, when you dry out, you, you, you know, when you dry out, it's like your life is hollow with nothing in it. So when we do good works, and we are called to do good works, we can't be saved by them, but we are called to do them, there's a blessing. Amen? And when they're done out of love, and you say, I'm doing this because of you, Lord, and I'm doing this because of my brother or my sister that's standing across from me now, and the Holy Spirit has been the orchestrator of, of it all because he's always there. 
what a blessing that'll be to the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you might say, okay, this is all way beyond me. I just come to church. I just do this, I do this, I do this. I realize this takes faith and more than a little faith. It takes great faith, a lot of faith. It takes faith to hold on to the promises of God, knowing that when we do these things, He is faithful. He is faithful and He will reward. Amen. He, he is faithful. And in Hebrews 11, it says there in verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. By faith, Noah, we all know about Noah's story, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he was moved with godly fear, and so he prepared an ark to save his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. You really should read Hebrews 11. You'll get so much out of it. Amen? But it takes faith. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to know that God will work something through you. But you have to, we have to trust him because he will take what you've got, the potential that's inside you, and he will cause that to bring life. Amen. We are his hands and his feet. Amen. We are his hands and his feet. And we are responsible for planting the seeds of life here. Every, we can plant, the, the word is a seed, and that's our responsibility to spread it and to plant it. Put other people above ourselves, even if they're total strangers. They might even be your enemies. You might, they might even be your enemies. They might be closely related to you, but there's two things you can't separate in life, and that one is forgiveness and the other is people. Wherever we have people in our life, we have to walk in love and forgiveness. Amen. Amen. And that takes an emotional investment. Yeah? I've, and for those people who say, I've spent all of my forgiveness, I've run out with that person, I've got nothing left, I've forgiven you enough, I've given you 50 chances, I've, you know... I'm like, do you know what? I'm, I'm definitely the guy that does this. I've got three fingers pointing back at me because that's, that's the way it is. I just, that's it. God says, no, you haven't spent all your forgiveness. You haven't spent all your love. You have not spent all your compassion because if you keep on asking me for it day to day, I'm going to keep on giving it to you. I'll keep on filling you up with that. And even if someone stands in front of your face with, full of aggression and they spit in your face, you can still respond to them with love. Amen? Forgive them. You know, as soon as you make that investment of forgiveness, love, all of those things into that person's life, do you know what you, what you effectively do? You, you, you're, you're a stakeholder in their life you become a stakeholder in their life. This church, I want the question I have this morning, are we, are, if we ask someone in the community, is the Bridge Church, do they, have any, do they have any stake in our community or town? What answer would we get? 
We, we desire to be stakeholders in our town, in our area, in our nation. Why? Because we've invested something into it. We've put a stake in the ground. Amen? We've put a stake in the ground. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.